I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. The season is over and is gloomy and maybe upsetting as that sounds you dive a little bit deeper and you feel pretty good about the Pittsburgh Steelers waking up on this Monday it's still a victory Monday the last one of the season you walk away winners overall nine and eight not sure how many people are going to take that and say oh this is a victory but if you start two and six you turn the season around and you give yourself a chance there at the end I think that's all you could ask for from this group a lot of uh, are all you really thought could be possible with this group when you entered the bye week and people talked about what are the expectations well as good as it gets maybe right here where we're sitting um how are you feeling it's a little cold coming off the last week of the season you excited for the season to be done are you uh more you know i kind of wish we were headed to buffalo right now Uh, um i i won't lie you know just It'll be nice to have a few free Sundays now, um, or maybe a few more free Sundays every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little sad. Um, I think this team kind of had something going, um, and I think someone, I, it was either Kenny or or TJ said it yesterday, but they were they were playing good football, and they kind of just wish they had one more week to keep getting better. Um, yeah. And I think that for a team, we'll, we'll get into this more, but like for a team with their, with their age and all that, like just reps and stuff is all that matters. Like that was the one I think biggest, you know, kind of cost of missing the playoffs was just like you lose reps and like pra- a week of practice with this group. Um, and it's a group that, that can use them, can always use time to get together um, to kind of halt the progress that I think they were clearly making is a bit, it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, it, it is a bummer, but I don't know. Like, did you want to end on a loss? Because the Steelers weren't going to go win the Super Bowl. And I no. get that the playoffs, you know, if you had to pick your choice is always the playoffs. But doesn't yeah. it feel like it's like, okay, like, you know, they ended on as high of a note as it could possibly get, I feel. Yeah, no, I think so, too. Um, I, I Like, I don't. Yeah, like, I, I think that's a good point to make too like you don't want to end on a loss um your draft position is slightly better i like there's there's a number of benefits to it it was just really weird to watch this team like put a bow on a pretty good win on a pretty convincing win 
and still like the la- the only thing anyone was talking about in the final minute or so you know they kept paying on the broadcast they kept handing to to fans leaving the stadium as soon as they saw that the dolphins had kicked that last field goal really yeah wow. um That's it was just like a it was a real somber moment at a time when like I don't know. Everyone should have been celebrating a win. It felt like a weird way for the team to leave the field at an Acrisure Stadium and for the fans to kind of leave them too. But I, I agree. There's a much more positive way of looking at this season that I think I I have than than I don't know. It was like that that last scene. I think those final scenes you saw from Acrisure Stadium weren't really representative of how positive this season was. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's crazy to think about because I couldn't tell that that was happening. I was obviously focused on the Steelers and the players and you went into the locker room and I even asked, I was like, uh, I asked guys in the elevator as we were going down, like, what do you think the attitude of this locker room is about to be? What do you think the, you know, kind of like the atmosphere is? And a lot of them were like, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of guys that are pissed off that they missed the playoffs. And I was like, I don't really know if, if that's going to be the case. Like, I kind of feel like maybe that won't happen and, and guys will be a little bit more upbeat and they were like, Najee Harris could not stop talking about how good the season was. DeMonte KZ was like, I could celebrate a win. I mean, I, I have the clip. I don't have it clipped off, but I should have. Cause he was like, hell yeah, I could celebrate. Like we just won. And I, a lot of guys felt the same way. Like it wasn't a man, this stinks. The season's over. We should have been in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. It was just a bunch of guys that were like, we were two and six, eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago. And we are sitting here at nine and eight. We gave our head coach his 16th consecutive winning season. We finished on a high note. We got a lot to build off of that. We didn't think we had to build off of. And we gave ourselves an opportunity. I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, you heard Kenny talk and say, you know, we wish that we had one of those games back. Yeah, you do wish that you had one of those games back, but those games happened before the turnaround happened. And that turnaround was really what mattered. The Steelers had to get to a point where you felt really positive about the future. They did. Unfortunately, it came after the three teams that they had to overcome to get into the postseason. But they still found a way where it was like, you know, if Joe Flacco doesn't start that game for the Jets, if Mike White is healthy, if there's no horse collar call, the Steelers are in the playoffs. Like, you know, like they got as close as humanly possible and I think that that's, you know, that's a W. That's a W. Do you think that the season is a win? Do you look at the the grand scheme of things as a season and say this was a W for the for the Steelers? Yeah, I think so. I think you found a lot of pieces that you can use for the future. You found a franchise quarterback, a number one receiver. Your top running back has survived a really slow start to have a really great second half of the year and a great season overall. He passed 1,000 yards for the second straight season. Jalen Warren's a piece. Uh, Pat Fryermuth broke out again. Um, and kind of put it together for a full season. Um, there are young pieces on the defense that you can start to count on. Um, you know, you just you put a young team in position to play some meaningful games, and I don't think that can be understated either. Um, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs playoffs, but they played kind of de facto playoff games down the yep. stretch. You know, the those games in Baltimore, and then this one in in the season finale in particular, like those were kind of win your seasons over types of games and to kind of put your, your young team through the ringer like that. Um, and to give them that experience, that's going to be really valuable. Um, as you like move down this road and you start to see, uh, what kind of team you have in the future. You said franchise quarterback. Did Kenny Pickett prove that he's a franchise quarterback this season? 
in your eyes? Well, I, I don't know if he proved that, but I don't know. You draft a guy first overall and you start him in his first year. He's your franchise quarterback, whether you like it or not. Um, at least for the next couple of years, like, yeah. And, and I'm, that's, you know, that's also not to say I wasn't impressed by what Kenny did this year. I was, I thought he had a good season. I thought he got a lot better. Um, like there, there's some there that like, there's, there's some stuff to build on there. And I, 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 I'm perfectly comfortable calling Kenny, your franchise quarterback for both the, the reason that he's, you know, he was your first round pick at quarterback. So he kind of has to be, but also I, I think he showed plenty this year that makes you confident moving forward that he can be your guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that you, you did enough. Like with Kenny Pickett, he showed the progression to, it's like, okay, we weren't, we were worried. Everybody was worried. What's the ceiling for Kenny Pickett? That was the big question all offseason, right? Is what's the ceiling for Kenny Pickett? Because he might be the pro re- most pro ready, but he's got the smallest ceiling or the shortest ceiling. Well, I think he surpassed what that ceiling is already. I think he's shown like, yeah, like maybe my physical attributes aren't always there. He threw a lot of bad passes against the Browns. But I could win. I could go win games. I could keep teams close. I can motivate an offense I could lead I could be a veteran even as a rookie and that's all you're looking for and Kenny Pickett is a guy to go in there and be like hey look at these are the building blocks that I have let's build the rest of it together those are some pretty strong building blocks so I agree I think that he is the franchise quarterback for now I do operate off of a weird thought though that and I don't know how weird it is I guess but a lot of people bring up oh well you can't have the fourth best quarterback in your division that's just that doesn't lead to wins. And right now, Joe Burrow is the best. Lamar Jackson second. Deshaun Watson's third. I, I think that leave it. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I mean, Deshaun didn't play like the third best quarterback in the division this year. That's what I'm I, trying to like. I think I know that he had a, year, I know it's a limited sample size and like theoretically he should get better with the full offseason in practice. But like, theoretically, Kenny Pickett should too, though. Right. That's what I, I, I mean. I kind of I agree with you. Like, and that's where I was going is. I think that you give it another year and Kenny might be the third best quarterback in the, in the division and possibly pushing for the second. I mean, Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson. That's very hard to overcome, but we don't know what Lamar Jackson's future is going to be in Baltimore. The dude hasn't stayed healthy in two seasons. That's concerning. You don't know what next year holds for Lamar Jackson. He's definitely more of a question mark than I think anybody else. Deshaun Watson's more of like an iffy, maybe it's not going to work out type of thing. But I think Kenny Pickett in a year's time can be very close to finishing finishing the season as the number two quarterback in the AFC North, and that's enough. Like you don't, you're not going to beat Joe Burrow. You, so if you could get close enough to it, you got to feel pretty good about that situation. Yeah, and it's also pretty clear that like this team's built around its defense. Like, yeah, w- like how, where, where in the division do you think? the Steelers defense ranks like it's at least set it's second. If it's not first, right? I would say like, it's yeah. It's like right on that line. Them in Baltimore, obviously a healthy Baltimore defense is very hard to play mm-hmm. against. Like very hard. They're not healthy all the time. I think that's the biggest thing, but when they are all clicking, that's a dangerous group. But that being said, I mean, the Steelers defense, you would assume is going to get better too. They played all season with pretty much nobody at linebacker, a bunch of guys that everybody said all season is not a starting cornerback set at cornerback. And a bunch of plug and play guys on the defensive line with very little defensive line depth. You had a year. I mean, I think that 
you know, you're going to fill at least two of those holes and maybe you are the best defense on top of that. I don't care what anybody says. Najee Harris is the Najee Harris is the second best running back in the AFC North when healthy. He's no Nick Chubb. Nobody's Nick Chubb, but he's number two. And like the Browns, like if you're, as long as it's not in Cincinnati, you got to feel good about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like this, this team is definitely much closer to competing than I think we ever thought they were. I don't know. Like did just the Steelers were always exactly what we thought they were. I feel like, um, really young got beat up by a tough schedule in the first half and rallied to make it a worthwhile season in the second half. Like, I don't, I don't think there's, it's much deeper than they were a young team that grew and got better and also got the benefit of a, of an easier schedule in the second half. And there's so many more, like when you watch this team on a week to week basis, I think it was easy to say, Oh, this team, like this team really has no shot of competing, you know, in kind of the grander scheme of things and kind of competing for championships, but you got to, work with what you've got and what they've got is a real young team that is going to come along and got better as the, as the year went along. And there's, there's a lot to be optimistic about and they have a lot to work with to make this team better. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's, it's another like hopeful reason to look towards the future, I guess. Yeah. Building blocks are there for certain. As you look at them right now, are your expectations 365 days removed from the end of next season? Are your expectations that they'll be in the postseason next year? Yeah, I think you come this close and you come this close as the kind of team that you are with the makeup that you that this roster had. And yeah, it is absolutely it should be expected, honestly. Um I, I don't know, like you like simply put, like if you're not if your expectations aren't playoffs next year, I don't know what that like you yeah, should exactly. count on you should count on a year to, a big jump year to year. Um, like, I, I don't know, like after coming that close, I'll like literally we're talking about one game in between, in between where they are right now and, and the playoffs and going to play Buffalo or even, you know, taking a leap up to, to a different seed and maybe avoiding them. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to go crazy and talk about what they might do if they make the playoffs, but yeah. I can't think of any reason why you shouldn't expect this team to not just compete for a playoff spot, but actually make one next year. Yeah, 100%. You got to think that if Mitch Trubisky throws one less interception against Baltimore, they're in the postseason. If Kenny Pickett starts against the New York Jets, you have to imagine they have a better opportunity to win that game. You know, there's just, there's so many ifs. You know, if Kenny Pickett starts against the Jets and has an actual start before he has to go to Miami, and play in prime time and try to win that game. Maybe he wins that game. There's just so many what ifs right. with the steel. Yeah, I agree. Next year, your expectations have to be there. Have you heard um, any thoughts? I was watching the Rich Eisen show today, this morning, actually, an episode from a couple days ago. And he was talking about he thinks that a playoff game could come to Pittsburgh, the AFC championship. Do you think that's a good move? I was thinking about that. Well, that would make sense. So if I understand the situation correctly, it would only be a neutral site game if it's between the Bengals and the Bills, right? Or the Chiefs and the Bills. Okay. Yeah, I believe it, it's definitely the Chiefs and Bills. And I believe, yeah, the Bills and the and Buffalo as well. Okay. That, that Well, that would make a lot of sense for either either way. It would make perfect sense if it's Cincinnati and, and Buffalo. 
that's like Pittsburgh about as equidistant between those two stadiums as oh yeah as outside you, you get the elements right like both teams will embrace that um i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, if I was the Chiefs, I would make up a, I would, you know, I would make a stink about like having to go all the way to Pittsburgh. I feel like that's kind of a longer trip for them than it is, yeah, for Baltimore. Yeah. But I I don't know if you're going to get much better than yeah. Like, what's your other option? Like Cleveland, and that only that adds like a an hour, you know, to yeah. to the trip for Buffalo. And, and I think what's cool about the Steelers, it's going to be hard to find a place for Kansas City that fans could drive to. Yeah, but for Pittsburgh, at least you could fly here. You know, yeah. you don't have to really worry about any of that. Um, easy access in and out of the airport. Whereas in like, you know, you're going to find a town where you're just like, ah, there's like two flights. They leave once a week. You know, you're not, we're not going to get everybody here. Unfortunately, I think Pittsburgh could fit that. That'd be cool. I'd be about Pittsburgh. Do you think that's a little bit of an advantage if Cincinnati's here though? They play here once a year, every um, year. No, I, no, I don't think so. Cause I don't think like, no, I don't, I, I don't really think so. Why do you like, what just because they're familiar with the stadium you know they play here every single year i don't know how much that like i don't know how much that could really help them like it's not like i don't know it's not like fenway park or whatever where you have to like where the dimensions of a baseball field are completely unique to whatever (laughs) like it's the same very true same size patch of grass like maybe you have to deal with the wind when you're kicking field goals but like that's that feels like a minor adjustment that Kansas City and their coaching staff will be well prepared enough to to deal with. Um, I just, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'd be weirded out by seeing the Bengals, yeah, try right, to play like, for play for a trip to the Super Bowl in my home stadium, like, and feel so, good about it. Do you, if right. you're a Steelers fan, if you were a Steelers fan, would you go? Like, say this is the other way around. Say they were playing New England, in New England, and it was Buffalo versus versus Cincinnati. If you're a Patriots fan, are you going just to root for Cincinnati? No, uh, no. I well, <laughs> if you could no, afford but, to go, could were you going? Because no, nobody's just buying a playoff yeah, yeah, ticket. No. The average person is not. But no, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't. I feel like the AFC North. There's so much more like interdivisional, interdivisional hatred and rivalry. Like, yeah, I don't love the Bills. I don't. I don't like hate them. I don't hate the oh. Dolphins. Like. There's no like, I don't know. It's been like a hammer and nail for 20 years. And then the past like three or four years, it's been the nail becomes the hammer. Like there, it hasn't been none of these rivalries within our division have ever been that 
competitive and they haven't really ever meant a whole lot. So I don't, I don't really like hate, hate the bills or the dolphins or anything. It's a totally so different I, life over there in the East. No, I think it'd be cool. Like just to watch those fans come in and kind of, I don't know, take over a new city. I, it would be kind of cool. And I think just to be a neutral fan in the city would be, would be kind of cool, but yeah, I can understand how it would feel. It, it would feel a little icky if I was a Steelers fan and oh, the Bengals yeah. were. We'd have to go check out the tailgate. We'd have to just like oh, yeah. walk around and be like, "Hey, how does it feel to be here? Um, what are you doing here? How much <laughs> right. did it cost you to travel here? And right. do you feel okay about that? It is a Sunday. You are missing work tomorrow. Does your boss know where you are? I think we come up <laughs> with some good questions. I think we could go. Uh, yes. I agree, though. I think it could be weird. I've been thinking Pittsburgh the whole time, but obviously, if they were in the postseason, you can't do that. Somebody was like, I saw an argument that was like, well, the grass there is terrible. It's grass. Okay. It's way better than any indoor stadium immediately. Players are going to like it better. I don't care how cold it is. They both play in the cold. It is what it is. All right. Let's talk Steelers football, more Steelers football. Who's coming? Who's going? There's two big names. One of them, everybody expected. The other one, I think, kind of came as a bit of a shock to myself and to fans. The first one's Matt Canada. Obviously, we're still waiting on the word. If I had to guess when an announcement comes, if an announcement comes that the Steelers are moving on from Matt Canada, it'll be tomorrow, between tomorrow and Thursday. So Mike Tomlin's going to talk today at noon. Players will clean out their locker afterwards, so we'll get media access to everything. That's going to be a window where the Steelers don't want anything out. You know, they're not going to talk about who's leaving. They're definitely not going to say anything about Matt Canada. You know, it's just going to be very low key. And then I would expect Tuesday to Thursday, somebody, we get a tweet somewhere or, you know, the Steelers announce something where it's like, oh, Matt Canada's gone. And it is what it is. Uh, That way we don't have an opportunity to ask anybody because they're not into the show. I totally get it. But that's when I would expect the announcement to come. I keep checking my phone as if it's coming now, (laughs) but I know in my head it's not coming between tomorrow and Thursday. Najee Harris, after the game, actually had this to say, and I apologize that the clip is has the intro, but he had this to say about Matt Canada after the game yesterday. There, you know, did the way you guys improved offensively, did that give you additional confidence that Matt Canada should be the guy going forward, or what, what did that do for the confidence level in the team? Matt, you know, I can't control none of that, um, so I'm not really going to answer that, but... Um, Man, we all, man, you know, obviously you've seen the stuff on social media with our team saying, but like, man, we all, we all believe in Canada, you know. Um, everybody's saying that he called the same plays, but everybody calls the same plays, you know. I mean, you can look at everybody, everywhere, everybody calls the same plays, dressed up a different way. Um, if you really know X's and O's, that's really what it is. Um, so, you know, all that play calling stuff, I don't think it's really, I, I think that's just a cover up for just the lack of stuff that we were doing on the field as players. Um, I never bought into none of that. I never really looked at none of that stuff because I know at the end of the day. We're the ones who got to make the plays. He puts us in the best positions. You know, obviously, uh, you know, they could say what they want about we're in the same place, but you look everywhere. Like I said, everybody's running the same place. It's just dressed up differently. Najee Harris wants Matt Canada. At least says that he trusts Matt Canada. I don't think anybody's said the words, I want Matt Canada to return. Did you take that as Najee's saving face? He's protecting his OC. Did it come as any bit of surprise to you? Uh, no. Um, I also didn't expect Najee to go throw him under the bus. I don't think that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one this side of Chase Claypool has, has done that. No this, this side of Chase Claypool. Um, but, like, yeah, like, 
I, I, I don't, I don't think Najee felt like he had to say that, you know, yeah. I, that's not yeah. something that he needs to, you know, you know what I mean? Like no one, yep. if he didn't actually believe in Matt Canada, he didn't need to say that he could have said something diplomatic. Like, uh, there was, you know, he could have deflected very easily and I yeah. don't think he did. And I think he very plainly said that all of, all of the stuff that we were criticizing Matt Canada for earlier in the year actually did fall on the players. And it's one thing to just say, Oh, it's a team effort, whatever. Um, like, you know, there are 11 guys on the field, whatever the hell. Um, and it's a different thing to say, to just accept Blaine solely and say, no, it was the players who were really at fault for this kind of slow start that this offense had. So I take it as genuine. Um, you can never really know what's in a guy's head, but I don't know. There was no Najee had no reason to kind of be that positive and be that uh, be that complimentary of of Matt Canada, and he was anyway. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that there is definitely some truth to what he was saying, and I think all the guys kind of feel that way. Like I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh, like you said, outside of Chase Claypool, was kind of making it obvious had any ill will towards Matt Canada or didn't trust in Matt Canada. I think that before the bye week, some of them probably did. After the bye week, I think a lot of them were like, look, we sat down, we talked it out, we're, we're going to get better, blah, blah, blah. It just didn't work out. Like, you could look at it and say, yeah, the offense got better. They they did. Matt Canada did not. You know, the scoring did not. They, they put up 28 points. It felt like they scored 50 times against the Cleveland Browns. Like, that was their best performance all season long outside of the two Cincinnati games. And it just isn't enough, you know? And I think everybody sees that. And just like you said, I don't think Najee had to say, Oh, I think he should be fired because I think everybody kind of is aware. Like we talked a couple weeks ago about how everybody quote unquote knew that Matt Canada was already fired or that a change was coming. I think there was some truth to that. I think that nobody said anything, but I think everybody kind of had the idea like, they're going to move on. We're not doing enough. You know, somebody's got to be the scapegoat and it's going to be, it's going to be Matt Canada. Cause you do have to have a scapegoat for this. You cannot walk into the off season and just say, okay, this is it. You know, it's all over or, or we're going to run it back. You know, this is our group and then expect anybody. I mean, M- Mitch Trubisky got booed in the first home opener and Matt Canada got booed constantly throughout the season. And you're going to say, yep, we're bringing him back one more year. Let's, See what could happen. People will lose their minds. People will lose will lose their minds. I hear what you're saying. Okay. Okay. People were losing their minds all season. They're going to lose their and, minds anyways. I get that. And so I don't really think that has a huge bearing on it. But also, I don't know. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. But I understand the numbers were the numbers and the scoring outputs were the scoring outputs. But to say that it wasn't enough, I don't. I don't know where that comes from because I don't know. They won what eight of their last 10. Yeah, but they won eight of their last 10 because of their defense and their running game yeah, and some Kenny Pickett heroics. That's how they were always going to win games. That's yeah, how you have to develop from there, right? You have to take that next step next season. Yeah. You, Kenny Pickett wasn't leaving. wasn't leading game winning drives earlier in the season. That's true. So that's step one. They weren't controlling the clock with the run game like they were doing earlier in the season. Yeah. George Pickens wasn't much, as much of a threat earlier in the season. I Neither agree. was Pat Frymers. 
I like agree. Neither was Jalen Warren either. Like there was development. Like that's we don't have to we don't have to call Matt Canada a genius or anything, but we also shouldn't just completely ignore everything that happened this season. And I, I like I agree. I don't want this to get misconstrued as I think Matt Canada is some great offensive coordinator, <laughs> but you do say like, that every time you defend Matt Canada. Well, because <laughs> I don't think he I don't think he's as as always like everything exists in the middle. It's not like one yeah. extreme or the other. But like if we're going to if we are going to be as critical as him as we were earlier in the season, we cannot just completely ignore when he actually does make progress and does actually make the unit better. Um, so, whether, that's completely okay. independent of whether or not you want him to come back next year. I just want us to be able to acknowledge that this team like did get better and Matt Canada did play at least some kind of part in the fact that they got better. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I do see your point. I do agree with that. I think that's a good something that we should acknowledge. I agree that Matt Canada did get better. Did he get better enough? Do you think that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you going to bring back Matt Canada? I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, which I know is such a cop out, but like, I don't know. I, I, if you put me in the Steelers' shoes, like that's, I'm going to give you a different answer. I think than if you just asked me, do you think the Steelers keep him? Well, give me both. Do you, if you are the Steelers, if you're Omar Khan, and then if you, what do you think the Steelers are going to do? I think so. If I'm Omar Khan, I'm looking at my other options, and okay. I'm, and it would probably, it, it would be a low bar for me to say. Yeah, I will take this guy over. You know, like there there are a couple yes. names that we've talked about on this show that I think are pretty easy slam dunks that you would that you would like Frank Wright, Cliff Kingsbury if he's Cliff Kingsbury if he's available. Um yeah. you, you know, like there are certain guys who you wouldn't really give a second thought to being to bringing them in over Matt. Um that said, I don't think the Steelers move on from him. I think he's back next year. I, well, I like, I don't know. We've, I, I like, we hear rumors and stuff all season and I yeah. don't, it feel, it would feel weird to me. It would be odd in my mind if the Steelers came out of this season and came out of that second half when there was actually something positive to build on and said, no, we want to nip this in the bud. And we don't want to keep seeing where this goes. And I get your, I don't know. I don't know how urgent you think the, can he pick a, like if he doesn't take a huge step forward next year, is he like cooked? Is he, you know, is. You know, See, that's the thing though. Like what are the questions there? Because you got to worry about Kenny. Is he cooked after, if he doesn't take a step forward next season, is he cooked? Is that the end of you know, the development of Kenny Pickett. Is it just a downward spiral from there? Because that happens all the time in the NFL. Najee Harris is going to enter his third year in the league. He's a running back. So you don't got too many left of, uh, of good play there. George Pickens is going to be a second year guy. Deontay Johnson's going to enter the second year of his next contract. Pat Fryermuth is now a third year guy. You have a second year of an offensive line developing. I don't know. Like, I think that's a lot of questions that you got to take into place to say how big of a risk are we going to take by keeping Matt Canada with the expectations that things are going to get better while also understanding 
that maybe they don't, you know, and maybe it goes right back to how bad it was at the beginning of the season. And then, it, and then it builds again. And then we find the success again and we just wasted another year of these guys. And, you know, because you, you're not going to be able to replace Najee Harris easily, no matter when that time comes, you know, like that's, and you're, you're not going to want to win a Super Bowl with Najee Harris at the end of his prime. You're going to want to win a Super Bowl. Now you also have to win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett in his rookie contract. If you're going to win one, I mean, like this is the risk reward thing. Is it worth it? I think they have to analyze that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Um, and I think it also just depends on who your options are if you get rid of them. Um, you have yeah. to have a you have to have a plan for if you get rid of them. Um, oh, yeah. Because- Already in, in place. Like you have to feel super confident that your next guy is better than Matt Canada. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we haven't heard anything about them. We've heard a lot about them maybe getting rid of Matt Canada. We haven't heard anything about what that plan would be for after him. And I think that's that's another big thing too. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that same kind of urgency as much, um, just in terms of their timeline, like uh, getting to a championship or competing for a championship. Um, I don't know. I think Kenny's going to have a long career, and I don't think it's going to be. I don't know. I I don't put as much, and I think especially when you think about the other pieces around him, like I'm not, I'm not freaking out about if, not I, you know, you obviously don't want to waste a year, but if George Pickens is a third year guy and Pat Frymuth is a fourth year guy or whatever, like if it hap- if it so happens that next year with Matt Canada doesn't work out, I, I'm not as panicked about oh this team's never going to make it back to to prominence. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. with this, with that unit, with that kind of core together. With the with the offense. I get that. But I think that it goes both sides of the ball, too, because, you know, we're about to talk about Cam Hayward. How much longer has he got left? TJ Watt, he's pushing 30. Minka Fitzpatrick is, is, I mean, nowhere near 30, but still, he's getting older by the day. I just think there's, there's questions. You know, like there's the timeline is not all. You're not always going to have the same players that you have right now to go win with. And I think replacing those guys, you know, like you don't want to hit a point where you're like, all right, well, we're ready for a defensive rebuild or, you know, a running back rebuild. And we nope, now our offense is good, you know, and, and maybe you're right because you, you do have to go back and bring this thing full circle and say, like, just like you said at the beginning, they did get better. So if we're leaving this season saying the season was a win, part of that win was, Matt Canada figure out how to do this thing, and he did it well, at least for a couple of weeks. So, I don't know. All right, last thing I want to talk about is the other guy, the other big name that we don't know what's going to happen, and that's Cam Hayward, who I, I will admit came as a bit of a shock to me that he uh, said he might not come, but he says it pretty much every year. He is going to take on a $22 million cap hit next season, which is huge, and he'll be 34 by the end of next season. He'll be pushing 35. 
He said after the game, he said, you never know if they want me back or not. I say it every year. I would like to be back out there, but you never know. There is the business side of things. NFL, not for long. I want to be back. I would like to be a Steeler, but you don't know what's going on in the future. And then he followed it up by saying this about the whole restructure of the team the whole night. The team doesn't look the same every year. Guys move on. Guys retire. Guys get traded. Uh, bring in new guys. Uh, it's just a different, different formula every year. Um, but I'm, I'm just so appreciative of every guy. Just trying to get better. Uh, I can't say thank you enough to Steelers Nation for uh, going on this journey this year uh, and watching a lot of guys go. You're watching Cam Hayward. You're listening to Cam Hayward. Did it? Did it surprise you that he said it? Did you think, wow, maybe he's right? Maybe they will consider moving on from their defensive captain. So I don't know if that was just kind of like bluster or filler, but like the fact that he said, you know, you never know if they want to bring you back for another year. Like Kim Hayward should know if the Steelers want to bring him back for another year. Yeah, like that. And and I say that as a kind of criticism of the organization. Like, why would you not bring Cam Hayward back? I, I like, I get it. It's a lot of money, but he just had his best. Like he had his best like sack year since. I don't know. Like that's that was his third best sack total of his career. Yeah, that it was. It really the, was. It was his third double digit sack season. Right. He had another season of double digit tackles for loss. Like. I don't know, like, yeah, his third best season in tackles, right? Like this, his second best season in quarterback hits. Yeah, it would have made sense if this guy was clearly on the decline. Like it seemed like he might have been for a while, but now like he's got so much left in the tank, and he was such a huge part of of your success this year, of what success you did have. It would it would seem like such an awful idea to to try to play cheap with him and 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 cut that cap hit just to cut the cap hit and not think about like the value of the player that you're getting for that money. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is it both sides of that. Like you're getting the player on the field. You're getting a double digit sack guy, a dude who somehow is only getting better with age and throughout the season. He had his best game of the year in week 18 against the right. Browns. Like that's crazy to think about that this guy just continues to work and continue to get better 22 million dollars i mean what are you going to replace 22 million dollars with you're going to go out and find two guys that get five sacks a season that's cam hayward no you're going to go out and try to get a double digit sack guy like cam hayward and sign him to the same amount of time because you're not going to sign somebody for you know 10 years you're going to sign somebody for two years massive deal and say okay i could see if Cam has a bad year next year, and then you got to pull a Troy Polamalu or a Ben Roethlisberger or a Heinz Ward and say, hey, you know, your time's up. It is what it is. You should just retire because we don't want to release you. You know, we don't want to make it look bad. But on the other side of that, you we just talked about a developing team. You have Kenny Pickett. You have Najee Harris. You have young inside linebackers, probably going to have a young cornerback next year. You have young defensive linemen around him. Cam Hayward is the piece that you need more than anybody in Pittsburgh right now. It doesn't matter how talented talented he is. Until you have your next Ben Roethlisberger and Kenny Pickett, you need Cam Hayward to play 
that captain role, that vocal role, the guy that everybody in the locker room could lean on for everything, the guy who's been through everything, who's played in big games, who's won big games, who's had big moments, who gets Mike Tomlin better than anybody. Just, you know, you need that building block. He is the foundation of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't really matter, you know, what his cap space is as long or what his cap hit is as long as he plays well. And like I said, if you're 34 years old and then you're no longer playing well, then you just look at it in hindsight's 2020. But as we sit here right now, like there's no reason to move on. I think that was just Cam kind of being like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe you never know. Yeah. And I think it like, I don't know, we we, we always get scared by money and like the the massive numbers that get thrown out. But like every player has a value and there's a reason that they get paid that certain players get paid so much money and cam gets paid a lot to bring a lot of value to this team. And it's, I, it's hard for me to say that it's not worth just about every penny. Exactly. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to cut them and then bring them back on a lesser deal and be like, Hey, instead of 22 million, we're going to give you 17 million. How about that one? It's like, well, what? Cause cam a not worth $11 million. You know, he's worth $20 million. And somebody somewhere should call this guy and say, hey, look at man, I get it. You know, you're 34 years old. You want a one-year $15 million deal? Come on over to Chicago. Come on over to Cleveland. You know, the Steelers, they're not, they're gonna keep pretty much the same value. Seven million dollars is big. I get it. It's not that big in the NFL. It's very easily made up. You could find other ways around that so easily. You could you could convert his contract into a signing bonus like 75 times throughout that contract it always amazes me you know the ways that they're just like yeah all right well we have five million dollars in cap space but if you do this this and this then we have 42 million dollars in cap space you're like oh okay the saints like the saints like built playoff teams for years doing this where it's just like you walked into an offseason where they were like oh we're saints are in cap hell like you can't they're never gonna be able to figure out and then they you know they they have 30 million dollars they're cap hell every single season and like not even like cap hell like Oh man, it's you know they only have ten million dollars in cap space. It's like no, the Saints are a hundred million dollars over the cap, and then they're like, oh well, we caught one guy, and you know we did this, and we're good now. We actually have seventeen million dollars to go spend if we'd like to spend it during Mm -hmm. the season. Like it's the salary cap is so, it's just such a myth. It doesn't really exist. It never really existed. You know, they could they could pay Cam Hayward for the next five years. He could play one if they really wanted to. They're just like, hey, man, look, at we'll just space it out. You'll get four million dollars for four years. We'll be able to build around you four million dollars to whatever. That's scrap change. The NFL is going to forget about it in two years anyways. And we're just going to we'll just hand you cash. You know, like it doesn't actually exist. The NFL mm-hmm. always has ways around it. I think it's more of like, a, you know, for him, he realizes how big that number is. But I think there's also a part of him like it's like it's like us. You know what I mean? Like you, you have those moments where you're just like and everybody's had them over their career. You're like, man, am I doing enough? And, you know, do the people that employ me, are they upset with me? You know what I mean? Are the people that you work with upset with me because I'm not doing enough? And then there's somebody, your friend, your girlfriend. It's my fiance most of the time who is just like, dude, shut up. You're you're really good at what you do. You know, that's really all that matters. I'm sure Cam went home and his wife was just like, Cam, shut up. You know, <laughs> you just had 10 and a half sacks. You are the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You hopefully are going to win a Walter Payton Man of the Year this year. Shut up. Like, you're not going anywhere. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he'll after he took a breath, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. But we'll see. 
it's a long off season, a lot going on. Me and Steven will hit the locker room today and bring you guys as much as humanly possible about what's to come for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said, when it comes to Matt Canada, if we do expect news, which Steven does not expect news, I'd say it comes Tuesday to Thursday. Look out for it before that or besides that. Make sure to check out all of our stuff on allsteelers.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode. We'll be back on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>